0: Hello again, everyone. Welcome to the Red and White Authority. I'm Art Regner. This is episode 142. Obviously, a a lot of seasons ended abruptly because of COVID-19, and uh, we'll get into that and see where uh, the Red Wings and how they're going to approach uh, the remainder of... uh, this season, if there is a season with uh, Sean Horkoff, but uh, I want to remind everyone that the Red and White Authority is presented by Labatt Blue. It is the official Canadian beer of the Detroit Red Wings, and uh, it's always great to sit down and enjoy a few Labatt Blues after a long, hard, exhausting day, but we always ask that you drink our beer responsibly. With that said, uh, no stranger to this uh, this uh, podcast, let's bring in Sean Horkoff. Sean, thanks for joining us. Really appreciate it it no Paul Mark thanks for
1: having me
0: yeah it's yeah yeah I, I mean I guess first and foremost how has this shutdown the OHL today and we're doing this on uh, on the 18th of March on a Wednesday uh, officially now has canceled the rest of the season it seems that most of the players that you deal with Um, Either their seasons have been canceled or the guys in the AHL are are pretty much taking the lead of the NHL. Whatever happens, the season has been suspended. But uh, this is certainly an abrupt ending for you. How has that impacted your
1: job? Uh, Well... Uh, heavily, obviously, I think it's been uh, it's trying times for everyone. I think first and foremost, your, your main concern is the safety and well being of the players at, at, at all levels, wherever they are in the world. Um, and I think at this point, it, the, the situation is just so fluid. It, you know, it seems to change every day. Uh, you know, we're gonna have a call tomorrow. I think today, I've talked to a few guys on the development staff um the training staff i think the biggest thing that we're concerned about right now is is differentiating between you, you know some some of the leagues are shut down and those guys the seasons are over and then there's also you know like the hl the nhl there's a possibility of them resuming again so we are dealing with two different scenarios i think for our guys that seasons are shut down um you know, we're going to treat it more like the end of the season right now, so it probably comes at a good time where normally they would take, you know, two or three weeks off to just let the uh, let some recovery happen and let, the, um, you know, just, just digest the season. And and so it probably for them comes at a good time where they can just kind of stay home and, you know, self-quarantine and really stay out of, of you know, of places where there's a lot of people. Uh, you know, it's a little bit different, obviously, for our, our pro players that have a chance of coming back. And then at that point, we're trying to do everything that we can to give workouts to them that they can do in a safe environment. Find out what they have uh, wherever they're they're staying during this. To find out what they have available to them in terms of training uh, equipment, and then trying to put together the best possible program that we can in order to uh, you know to keep their conditioning up.
0: Yeah, certainly. It sounds we do, like, well, I, I know that you usually—I don't know if an exit interview—but you usually give them uh, uh, maybe a plan to follow during the off season, a training regimen, until you either get them to development camp or they come to the prospects tournament or, or, or training camp. Uh, I would imagine at this point, based on their own individual situations, perhaps it sounds like this is the most personalized. Uh, Routine that you're giving each and every player based on what their situation is.
1: Absolutely, I think that's that's in a lot of ways made the job even more, you know, cumbersome right now is the fact that we have to go into each person and just find out exactly what where they staying first and foremost. That's what we're doing now. Uh, you know, where, where's everyone going to be during this time? Where do they plan on being if they haven't got to where they uh, to where they do they feel like they're going to end up? Uh, and then once they're there, what do they have available to them? You know, do they have what what do they have uh, at their home? You know, some of these uh, pros, especially, are probably in a better position where they have fully equipped gyms inside their homes. Uh, a lot of our prospects and even AHL players don't have that. You know? um, so we have to figure out what they have at their uh, you know it, 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 they can get their hands on in order to to, to build the best possible program that, that we can that will shoot them, obviously keep them safe and keep them out of harm's way, but also just keep their conditioning up. Because the flip side is these guys are they're professional athletes. I mean, they can only sit around for so long until they get antsy as well. You know, they want to mentally, they want to keep in shape. They want to they, they want to stay ahead, right? So that's our job to try to, to, to help them do that and keep them, uh, you know, give them peace of mind that, that, that they're doing everything they can to, uh, to achieve that.
0: You know, I, I, Sean, this is going to be maybe a bit of an off-the-wall question, but you traveled all over the world. Uh, I am kind of curious, did you hear about COVID-19 before uh, uh, Before? uh uh, you know, we in North America heard about it. I mean, was it something that was prevalent, or when you're overseas, you're so focused on the task at hand that you were made aware of maybe an on uh, an upcoming pa- pandemic now that it's turned into, uh, you know, just when we all found out here in either the United States or Canada? Um, that's a great
1: question. I, I can't tell you that when I Really heard about it. I do travel quite a bit, obviously, there for the World Juniors. Uh, leading up to the World Juniors, I was there once a month. Um, I think it started in November, I think. Wasn't it late November in China?
0: Yeah, I'm um, pretty sure the timeline yeah, I've heard, yes.
1: Yeah, but I, but I, I honestly, I can't pinpoint exactly when I, when I heard about it. I know going to the World Juniors, it wasn't an issue. I, I don't remember it being an issue, or at least a, a large issue where we, where, where we were worried about it. Um, I do remember coming you know, coming back from that and then trying to plan my the second half of my, you know, into January, trying to plan the second half of my season when I was going to go to Europe, and it kind of seemed like every week that ticked away. Uh, it, more and more people started talking about it. You know, I think a lot of, especially for Americans, it was all media-driven, right? The more right. it hit the media and the more that it hit, um, you know, social media in terms of Twitter and whatever, Facebook, whatever people are on, uh, you know, that's really where people get their information nowadays is from their phones, right? So, I was probably the same as, as as the majority of other Americans.
0: Yeah, I mean it. Uh, you know, I, yeah, I I was curious because I know, like, I, every time I you know, oh, Sean's here today. Sean's there today. Where, Where isn't Sean? It's almost, you know, you can almost have a, a Where's Waldo game with you. Where's Sean in the world today? Because you, you do travel so much. Uh, uh, you know, certainly I, I want to get into the prospects now, but obviously we're, we're you know, everybody listening, all the great uh, hockey and Red Wing fans and just fans in general, you know, you know, we're all in it together. So let's just, uh uh, let's just listen and work with one another and follow all the rules and instructions and sooner or later we'll be back doing what uh, what we love to do, which is watching uh, uh, great hockey players like Sean Haroff, former great player uh, do their thing uh, back on the ice. But with that said, I want to move to uh, asking you a little bit about about the prospects and the season that they've had and Sean, I have covered this team for such a long time and been a lifelong Red Wings fan where um, recently with the abundance of draft picks that Detroit has had and that they're going to have, uh, it seems to me that as opposed to many years ago when they didn't have many draft picks because quite frankly they didn't need them or they were trading them for assets for the big club... uh, it it seems that the cupboard is not bare and there seems to be some potential red wings in the system now and I would imagine from your aspect that must be encouraging.
1: Well absolutely. I think obviously you know, one of the one of the benefits of, 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 of not having successful seasons are, are, are having higher picks in the draft, you know, and I think, obviously, Ken, before, even before Steve came the last couple of years, did a good job of trying to stockpile some more picks, and as a result, I think we've we've, we've added to, uh, you know, we added some good players to our base of prospects, um, so it is. It's, a, it's an exciting time for us, and this draft is going to be no different. It's going to be an important, important one for us, and we hope to add even more uh, you know, four or five uh, real good names to our prospect
0: pool again. Right. It, even though it, right now we're not sure exactly what the league is going to do or when it's going to resume. So uh, I, you know, the uh, I, I think everybody uh, in Detroit that I talked to is really looking forward to the draft and hoping that this uh, strange lottery system the NHL has is, is beneficial to the Red Wings, who have gone down in the each three years that they've qualified for the lottery uh, have not gotten their pick. And it's only the first round too, let's be honest here. It's only the first round where the lottery applies and then from there on out, uh the Red Wings will be uh leading off the each round of the draft if they have if they have that pick. But with that said, let's uh let's get into uh uh some of the uh, uh some of the prospects and uh Sean I, I really want to start with perhaps uh, uh some of the um the guys that um have played for the Red Wings uh, this season, but are still considered sort of prospects or where they're at because they have bounced between Detroit and and Grand Rapids most likely. And and the first one I want to uh, 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 talk about um, is everybody. It, it seems that you know he really the next last time he was up here in Detroit really made quite an impression, and that is Philip Zadina.
1: Yeah, well obviously Phillip, he's still up there, you know, too bad he got injured because um, he was actually just starting to get more and more comfortable there. But he, he's had a good year for us. I think Philip, ever since we drafted him, he's done a real good job of of understanding and quickly figuring out what what it's going to take for him to, to play at the next level. You know, I think he was like any other, when he first came in, any other top pick where offense was what he was good at and the defensive side and the structure side of the game and the, and the small intangibles uh, needed to be worked on. But to his credit, um, he did that. You know. I think he put a lot of time in the gym in the offseason. There's still work that needs to be done there, but um, his work ethic, his is, on-puck intensity, his attention to detail, uh, his defensive play has, has really come a long ways, and I think that's why you see him you know, when you watch him out there. Uh, obviously, his, his offensive tools are obvious. You, know, you can see them. They're, they're on display, but uh, he's become a much more reliable uh, player that the coaches can count on.
0: Right, he uh you know one thing I like about him is his he didn't sulk or you know he has a little bit of bravado which we all like and uh, you know and he is confident yet uh I think last year being in Grand Rapids he understood it and he improved. I mean he seems to have a maturity level For an 18, 19-year-old, now 20-year-old kid, that I don't know if it's rare. Maybe it's the nature of how uh, young hockey players go up through the ranks. But he has a a a real good understanding of where he's at and what it will take to be successful in the NHL. Yeah, exactly. I think that's just maturity, right? That's one thing. When you
1: one thing that uh, is completely different here, I think, as an organization, is you're starting to see. These 18, 19, 20-year-olds, as the fans and the media in general, so much more earlier than you have in the last 25 years. You know, nice. there are very, very few uh, players came in and played uh, sub 20 in the Detroit Red Wings uniform. You know, I think there was they had so many successful teams. They were they were known as an older, more experienced team, and it was very difficult for players to come in and make that squad because they were so uh, they were so talented and deep. Um, so really what they had to do is they had to get you know sent down the minors, they had to pay their dues and really dominate that league before they were called up but obviously times have changed the leagues change in general, you don't see that as much anymore across the board and uh, so I think uh, you're seeing more that these 18, 19 year olds that come up on all these teams and yeah you can see the talent and, and yeah maybe they're good enough to play in the league uh, but their their overall game isn't as well rounded as, as, uh, as you'd like it to see and and really, they're kind of learning as
0: they go, right? And you know, and he he has made great strides, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, you know him in the Red Wing uniform for a long time. Another guy who uh, who I really uh, think has a unique skill set that translates well to the NHL game. And when he was up for his 21 games or so this season, Giovanni uh, Smith.
1: Yeah, Giovanni, you know, really played well for us in the first half of the season. I think he was, you know. It, it, our most, if not our most consistent, uh, forward down there in terms of his play. Uh, he just brought, you know, he really worked hard the off season on his conditioning, his skating. And I think that was a big difference for him this year is, you know, he, he was able to sustain, he plays a difficult role in that. He needs to bring energy every shift. That's, and it's not easy to do. He's not a guy that needs to be, that. that's sitting on the outside looking, looking to create offense. He needs to be in there, be physical, turn pucks over, you know, um, uh, be, be a pain in the ass, really to play against, and 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 he's really starting to, to to learn that role. But that role itself takes a lot of energy to do, and takes a high level of conditioning. And I think to Giovanni's credit, uh, he's you know the last two summers he's put that time in, and, and I think he's starting to reap the rewards of that.
0: Well, uh, yeah, I mean, What I like about him when, when when the Kings were here, Drew Dowdy spent a lot of time being engaged with Giovanni, and I remember Jeff Lashell telling me if Drew. How he's really more yeah. wanting to be engaged with Giovanni Smith than he's doing his job, and it was quite funny because I think Drew Dowdy, whom I actually love as a player, by the way, but I, I I just think that you know he was kind of laughing about it, but you could tell that you know Smith was in his head a little bit.
1: Well, I mean that's it's funny. We we spend a lot of time trying to convince Giovanni on, uh, or make not convince him, but make him realize that you know you're in a unique position where. You really you can you, you, you can be a positive influence on the game and without even scoring a point. You know, and I think that's hard for these kids to learn because even these other, like Giovanni would produce points. He was he was a production player, played power play all the time in junior hockey. And not that he's of course we want him to score for us and we want him to produce points, but he's also a guy that you know can also you know can, can affect the game in a positive level without having production has to be his calling you know so um, but to his credit that's also a difficult thing to do without taking penalties and i think early in his career uh he struggled doing that you know he struggled playing that role and playing that type of style that it really does come natural to him but without taking penalties and that's one area that i think he's improved a lot in is 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 doing that and staying out of the box and uh you know all the top all the top energy players in the league are, are able to do that? And there's a reason why they stay in the league for so long, uh, because no coach wants to put a player out there that he thinks is going to put them, you know, put them down on mat every time that uh, every time that the game needs a shift in energy. So he's trying to figure that out as well. And, uh, it's, a, it's a bonus for us if he does.
0: I'm a player, I'm a fellow Michigan Stater. Uh, uh, Taro Hirose who uh, his 10 games last year he was setting Red Wing records uh, now he he was up for a while with the Red Wings and has been fo- performing quite well uh, with the Grand Rapids Griffins
1: yeah Taro, you know he's uh, I think Terrell, probably Taro's probably a little bit disappointing the year being up and down year for him you know he probably envisioned him as a guy that wanted to be in the NHL um, right from the start and kind of stayed there but uh, it's, a, it's a process. It's not easy for kids at college, uh, you college know, to come right in and, and, and step in and, and just stay and be a pro you know, and, and be in the NHL. I think Taro's kind of going through that. I think the biggest thing for him is just strength. You know, he needs to put on, on more strength to be able to handle himself in traffic and, and 50-50 battles and in the hard areas. And, um, to his credit, I think he realizes that. Uh, the good thing about Tarot is that he went down, he didn't sulk. He was positive with it right away. And, uh, and, and put up good for production with us down there, or production for us when he was down in Grand Rapids. So uh, he's still a player that we believe in. Uh, he's, just, it's, he's just going through the process that it takes to become physically strong enough to, to be able to do what, you, what he's going to be able to need to do in the NHL.
0: Unlike past times when we've had Sean on, I, I would go through forwards and then defensemen. But uh, I, I'm going to kind of mix it up a little bit. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go to a couple of defensemen who have seen time in Detroit this year. And uh, let's begin with, uh, with Dennis uh, uh, Chalowski. Uh, Dennis, uh, again, is a very intriguing player because, as Jeff Blaschel says, he, you know, he's, he can run a power play and he knows what he's doing there. Uh, His game still needs, I guess, to become, if this is a fair assessment, I know you'll tell me, uh, full circle, so to speak.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think, like, you know, Dennis... uh you know, I think it, the one area that he needs to improve on, and, and we've been clear with him on that, and, and he knows this, uh, is his defensive game. You know, he needs to be a guy that's very few players in the league just rely on on strictly offense. Very, very few, especially defensive players. And um, you know, Dennis needs to be a guy that, that the coaches can put out there in in important situations and know that he's going to be able to play against other teams' top lines and top players and not be a liability defensively. And 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 Dennis. Like I said, he was—he's another one of those guys that was brought up as a very offensive defenseman, and and wasn't really taught the the, um, I guess the details of, of defending, and and he's going through that process right now. He's learning it. Um, to his credit, like I said, he spent the uh, you know the last couple summers, the last three summers actually in Detroit, and has put on a ton of strength. So physically, I think he's there. Uh, now he's just learning the details and and the, the small intangibles that it takes in order to to defend at the National Hockey League level, but. Um, Dennis is another one. We, we, we still believe in Dennis. It's just a process to make the NHL. It's not an easy one. And he's paying his dues right now and, and doing a good job of it.
0: Uh, it- A player, the last time we had you on, I said, maybe his offensive numbers, uh, because this was his first year playing in North America, uh, that there might not be what you you want. Maybe you're a little disappointed in that. And you came right back at me and said, no way. I'm telling you right now, we're very, very happy with him. And since he's been called up to Detroit, I think everybody is really, really happy with him. And that is uh, Gustav, or as he likes to be called, Gus Lindstrom, I think. I don't know if he's a pleasant surprise, because you seem to have... Have faith in him. The last time you were on the program, but uh, you know this kid hasn't really missed too much of a beat. I mean, he's been pretty impressive for the role that he has here in Detroit.
1: He has. I think, um, like one thing about Gustav from the moment that I saw him, I, I just really liked his hockey sense. He was a very, very smart player. I liked his poise of the puck, his ability to make plays under pressure, and I thought his game over in Europe. Uh, was going to transfer very well to to the North American style game because he's a guy that he likes the physical style too. He's aggressive. Uh, he's a good defender, uh, but he was, uh, he really makes good plays under pressure, and and that's that's something that you have to be able to do. In North America, you have to be able to skate back, get the puck, and break the puck out in tight spaces and under pressure. If you're going to be a successful defenseman, and that was something that's also very hard to teach, but that 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 came very natural to to Gus. I think the biggest thing with him was, uh, like anyone else, is he's a little bit of a late starter physically. Was just was his strength going to be there and skating? You know what I mean? I think skating was another one, and that wasn't so much a, a knock on his fundamentals and his stride. It was more a knock on his overall leg strength. It just wasn't where it needed to be and we really focused on that last year we got him a new trainer in Sweden um we got him a new skating coach in Sweden and really try to structure his summer plan uh to just increase that and fast track that as much as possible um and he did a good job he did a good job he put the he put the work in um But I think there's even more left in him, and that's what makes me so excited, is I think you have seen the type of player that he can be. Michel Blash obviously has spoken very highly of him, but I think there's a long and a lot more uh, room of improvement for him physically um, in his skating and just overall in his game. So I I just think we like him, but I think you're just kind of seeing the potential that he has, but I think there's more from him there. So yeah, he's a good prospect, and we're excited for him.
0: I'm I'm now going to turn our attention to some guys who uh, are in Grand Rapids. Did not play uh, in Detroit this season. Uh, And uh, let's begin with a guy who did play in Detroit. A couple of guys actually that played in Detroit. But and uh, uh, first, I I, want to go. And I don't know. Maybe he did play a couple of games early on. Um, is Evgeny Svechnikov, who had to sit out last year. Kind of a hard-locked story here. Kid can't seem to catch a break. Um, but, you know, I, I-, I would imagine gino has been a little bit up and down. But uh, where's Svechnikov Sh- uh, at uh, at this point, Sean? Uh, well, like you said,
1: I think you said it right. It's been an up-and-down uh, season for him, you know. Uh, but obviously, not really surprising to us. He came back from a tough injury. That's not an easy injury that he had. And usually, for most players, it takes half a season or a full season for them to get their legs underneath them. Um, you know, I got to say, Gina was no different. I don't think he got up to the. His first half of the season probably wasn't. Wasn't what he would have liked it to have been, but uh, you know, after Christmas he caught fire for for a bit there, obviously in early February, and had a nice stretch of about six or eight games uh, where he pretty much averaged almost a point a game in that stretch. and he scored five games in a row, um, so really in the second half you started to kind of see the player that that he was. Uh, you know, in his rookie year, and who he can be. So I think for Gino, it's just he just needs to stick with it. He needs another now that he's healthy. He needs another full summer. He needs to a full summer strength and full summer conditioning. Working on his skating. I think next year is when you're really going to see a guy in training camp. Um, you know, that, that that's ready to, to 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 give it a shot at making that squad. Um,
0: uh, a player that uh, played in Detroit all of last year because of how the rules played, but this year um, he's always wanted to be a center. He was learning the center position in the AHL, started off very well for the Griffins, then got hurt uh, with, a, with a back injury, but has come back and has performed quite well. That, of course, is Michael Rasmussen, whose skill set, especially in front of the net, I, I believe is almost second to none. But, uh, uh, Sean, how, how's Michael uh, been progressing this year?
1: Good. Yeah, you know, I think one thing with Ras is, is like you said, he got off to a really good start for us. Obviously, playing center, we got got him in, into his more natural position. Uh, he looked good there. I think one thing that that was pleasant for me to see with Rass is um, defensively. You know, I, I hadn't really seen him play all that much center because we drafted him and uh, he got hurt. Uh, his, uh, the first season we drafted him in juniors back in Tri City, he got hurt in the first half. Um, and then when he came back after Christmas, he moved to the wing and played the majority of the second half on the wing. And then obviously in Detroit, he played he played all wing last year. So I hadn't seen that much. I wasn't really, you know, that familiar with his overall game uh, as a centerman, but. I was pleasantly surprised this year. I think one thing is he was really, really good defensively, and he should be. He's he's, he's got great size, got a long reach, uh, and he's he's got a good understanding on on how to defend. So uh, something that seems to come natural to him. Obviously, there's details that we'll continue to work on with him that will even make him a better uh, defensive centerman. But uh, so th- the reason I like that is because I think you're right. I think he's very good in front of the net. Uh, he's very good in the power play and he he can't produce offense so he seems to be a a a good center prospect that has good size and that can play a good 200 foot game he's the one nice thing about Rass is he's really starting to learn he's starting to penalty kill more Uh, he's playing situations important situations at end of games and things like that Uh, he's playing with other top players and he's playing a top two center line role down there so um he's doing well you know he probably thinks he wants. He probably wants to be a little farther ahead right now than where he is. and I know he wants to be in the NHL, um, but for us on the development side and as a staff, uh, we're happy with his progression. And um, you know, he, he's really just becoming a better overall player at this point, which is good for us.
0: Uh, I want to move on, a, a kid that I I, I really like, uh, we call him Peach, although he doesn't want to be called that, uh, you know, uh, born in the state of Georgia, uh, captain of the University of Maine Bears for a couple of years, his first year pro, uh, who uh, and that is uh, uh, Chase Pearson.
1: Yeah, Chase has played actually he's really, really solid as of late, you know, Chase is always a guy that... Uh, he's got good size, good strength to him. Obviously, his dad played in the NHL, so you can tell he's got this background because he's not—he's physically more mature than most players. Uh, having gone to college is obviously a bonus uh, for that as well. But I think with Chase, you know, he's—he's he's reliable. You know, hes, he's every coach is going to love this type of guy. He brings good energy every night. Um, he's positionally solid, he can win face-offs, he can kill penalties. Uh, you just, you feel, coaches feel good when he's on the ice. You know, I think the one thing that we worked on with Chase is his offenses. I think mean, he came from college, which most college or junior guys do, is they start, really they realize very quickly when they get to the HL that it's, they're not going to, you know, they could Pretty much cut their chances on net in half, if not more. Uh, so you, you have to find a way to. You can't just pick and choose like you used to. You have to find a way to. Every time you get your, you know, into a good scoring area, you have to get the puck on net as hard as, as quick as possible. You have to take the puck there yourself. You can't just play a game on the outside. You have to get the body there. All the goals in the NHL, the majority of them are scored. It's over seventy-five percent are scored right within it, within six feet of the net. So. Um, yeah, I think it's just more of a mentality than anything, but Chase has really started playing solid for us lately, and, you know, I like, I like where his game's going. Uh,
0: moving on now to, uh, uh, to perhaps maybe the most popular prospect at this point, just based on he was the last uh, first-round pick of the Red Wings, taking sixth overall, uh, young 18-year-old uh, German uh, uh, Moritz, or better known as he likes to be called Mo Sider, who I don't know, I'm not even going to say exceeded expectations, but he certainly has looked as advertised. I mean, at the Prospects Tournament, I thought by far he was the talk of that Prospects Tournament, and there were some real high-end prospects at the tournament in Traverse City, but uh, Mo Sider seems to be one of these players that his hockey IQ is above the charts considering he's such a young player.
1: Yeah, I mean, Moe's just had a he's had an outstanding first year for us. I think, you know, we weren't really sure what we were going to do with him coming into training camp. Um, You know, I think it was clear right off the bat up in Traverse City that he seemed to be ready to make that jump to pro hockey and um, you know, he he's done nothing less but uh, but but impressed, be impressed with us. You know, I think I think the biggest thing from what was going the World Juniors. You know, once he went to the World Juniors, he was captain there. I know that was a big thing for him. Um, he's very proud. Of his nationality he's, he's very proud to represent his country, and he he was fantastic there. He's you know, in my opinion, he's the best you know defensive prospect inside of probably a group of two or three other guys there. Um, so that boded very well for us leaving that tournament. And then when he came back, he just it, everything just increased. His minutes increased. Um, he's just a guy that plays every situation. He's you know he, he runs a power play for us. He, he plays PK. He's alternated important minutes. You know he's averaging you know, he, he plays 23, 24 minutes a night if not more sometimes. Uh, he's just a guy. He's turned into the guy that we thought he would be when we drafted him. A guy that can play in all situations. Just log big minutes. He's he has good size. Uh, the one thing I I have liked more than I... I guess maybe one thing I've seen more than I, I thought there would be was just his aggressiveness. He's He plays a really physical game. He really sources, seems to like that style of game. Um, he's, he's turned into a little bit of an intimidating figure on that ice. So uh, that's also another aspect of the game that's that's hard to find nowadays and seems to come natural to him. So we're happy with him, his progress, and you know, excited for his development.
0: You know, how are you aware... That the fan base is all about Mosider right now. They can't wait to see him in the red and white. Uh, I'm kind of curious, I mean, and I know, trust me, I know Steve does not base his decisions on what the fans would like to see, uh, but uh, that that you'd want to fast-track him, but you don't want to give him too much too soon. I mean, what what is a mindset when you have a high-end guy like this? Because some guys can do it, like a, a Steve Eisman at 18 or Dylan Larkin at 19, where other guys need time. When Do you just test him and see where he's at? Or do you think once he's in the NHL, and I know this is a loaded question, Sean, I apologize, once, once he's in the NHL that he's going to be here to stay?
1: Well, I think... Yeah, probably a little bit of everything you touched on I think um, and I think if the, if the season had stopped um, you know obviously first and foremost that's Steve Eisenman's decision you know no. he obviously talks to all of us the development staff coaching staff in Grand Rapids Ryan Martin uh, you know Jeff Blaschel there's constant conversations of our prospects and where they're at and and what stage they're at in their development. I think with Mo, you probably would have seen him in Detroit at some point here uh, in the second half. If there hadn't been a stoppage, just because how well he was playing, it would have been nice to see where he's at in terms of 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 giving you know giving him a few games up there to see just where he stood. Especially would be you know going into next season. But I think anything. One thing that Steve has been clear about is is we're still going to preach patience. Uh, the NHL is no room, it's not a league for, it's not a development league. You need to be ready to, to come. If, if you can come in at a young age and play meaningful minutes um, in important situations and be a positive influence to the game every night, you're going to stay. You know, and I think the best thing for us is you know, what we don't want to do is get into a carousel with, with, with any of our prospects, bring them up, and oh, they're not ready after three, four games and sit them down. You know? So I think if anything, we'd like... The goal is that when we call these guys up, they're ready to play and they're ready to stay, you know, and uh, we know that's not going to be the case for all of them. Some of them will be, some of them won't be, and it'll take some more time, but uh, we prefer to, you know, we prefer them to be down in Grand Rapids playing first P.P., first P.K., uh, you know, in all important situations, on the ice, in the last minute of every games. I mean, that's where the true growth is. You know what I mean? And then, and then, and then, once they're they're down there and they're dominating all those situations, that's there's no secret that that that, that tells everyone around the league that they're just ready. They're ready to make that step, and and history tells us that that that's usually the case. Uh,
0: you know, I I would be remiss. I know people are saying. Uh, why haven't you talked about Joe Valeno? You went to a, a defenseman uh, in Mo Sider, but Joe Valeno, one of our one of our bloggers here for the uh, for our Taking Flight series, I know somebody that you've worked with extensively. Um, I think Joe has been a different player since he's come back from the world juniors. Uh, He was 19 years old in the AHL because he had that exceptional status at 15. So he had four years in the Canadian hockey league, or in this case, the Quebec league. So he was eligible to play a lot of 19 year olds. And we just talked about Mo being 18, but do not play in the AHL. How would you think Joe's uh, first year pro has gone?
1: I think very well. You know, I think, uh, Joe's a little bit like Cider in, in in the fact I think when they came when Joe came back from the World Juniors, I think his game really took off. You know, I think there's uh, we spent a lot of time with Joe obviously working on his defensive game and not 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 taking away from his offensive game because that was just something that really came natural to him. We we wanna we wanna turn Joe into just a 200-foot player, a guy that we can rely upon, a centerman that we can rely upon to play against other teams' top lines uh, to create offense for us, play PK, play power play, and that's really what he's turned into. You know, I think um, I saw Grand Rapids last four games live in person, and uh, I think in a couple two of those games at the end of the game in tight games, he's on the ice in the last minute. That's a big step for a player like Joe Valeno. You know, he's protecting leads. Uh, he's never really played in that situation before, and he's getting those important minutes down there. And it, it, it's really something that will help speed his growth curve. You know, so we're we're happy with him. Uh, his production it's not overwhelming, but it's still solid. I think if you look at it in the last second half. Um, it, it's been better, but what it doesn't—it doesn't really actually. More importantly, if you look at the numbers of uh, his offensive chances that he's creating, not just for himself but other players, those have really, really gone through the roof in the second half of the season. And and he probably should be producing actually probably at a little bit of a higher level. So he had a little bit more puck luck; he'd have more points. So it's not something that we're all that worried about. And can we not really—the numbers aren't something that we really look at. The 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 chances created is, is, is a bigger thing for us because we know with Joe, once he puts on more strength, he's going to become faster. His skating is going to improve because he's, he's, he's a good natural skater. Uh, he's going to be better in those 50-50 battles. His shot's going to improve. He's going to have himself better in traffic. He's going to be better in front of the net. He's going to be able to get to loose pucks better. Um, all that stuff that he's, that he's getting to now, just that added strength is going to, is going to start, uh, really start, you know, he's going to come on top of most of those things from now on. So uh, we're happy with Joe. We're happy with where he's at, And it's going to be a big off season for him. And, um, you know, but, but his progress this year has been, uh, you know, has been really on, on track with what we expected it to be and wanted it to be.
0: Uh, we're with, uh, Sean Horkoff, uh, uh, and we are, we're going through some of the prospects, uh. Uh, right now, Sean, the director of player development, assistant director of player personnel. Uh, I know, Sean, we've, we've kept you for a little bit of time, but I, I, I really uh, want to go through a couple of more guys and uh, then we'll let you go and uh, attend to uh, uh, the rest of your day. But we do appreciate your time as always. Um, uh, I want to move to some of the guys in, in, in Europe. And, you know, I don't know if this is a fair uh, comparison or not, but kind of like the uh, uh, Swedish version of uh, Evgeny Shvetchnikov. Um, uh, with as far as injuries, and that is yeah. Jonathan Bergerin, who was having a good year and then uh, had to be shut down for the season with a back injury.
1: Yeah, it's too bad for Bergie actually. A shoulder
0: injury
1: this year. On, the, on this, this, shoulder, this, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah that's right. Shoulder surgery has been as late as recent one. Um, you know, he's just had a bunch of bad luck. He, you know, he had the back injury uh, the previous year, now shoulder injury. Uh, and it's really too bad because he was just starting. He put a lot of time. And I think one thing with Berg, he was when we drafted him. He was a really kind of immature kid. Everything became so natural to him growing up that he didn't have to put a ton of time and off the rink or away from the rink, off the ice. He was just kind of a guy that went on the ice and and just his natural talent took over. And to his credit, he realized that he did need to improve. And and that's not an overnight process either. That takes some time to to really sit in and do. Um, and, 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 he, and he started to do it, you know, I think coming into this season, I think he was staged to make a, 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 a better, he obviously played the World Juniors, he was much better in the World Juniors this year, um, you know, and played in an offensive role, and obviously the injury was, was too bad because he was just starting to play some, some really good hockey and the points are starting to come for him, and it's too bad. But it is what it is, there's not much, he, you know, you can really deal with it. Uh, he's getting good, good rehab there right now. Um, you know, he's gonna be in a situation where he's gonna be able to train the entire summer, get himself back in strength and, and and be ready for camp. So, um, there's not like I said, he's he's in a good spot. Um, obviously unfortunate the last couple of seasons he's had he's had major injuries that have kind of limited his games, but it is what it is and, and he's doing everything he can right now to, to make himself better.
0: Uh, when Thomas Holmstrom was drafted by the Red Wings, his nickname was the Swedish demolition man, which we always joked about, about he's from a neutral country. How can he be a demolition man? But uh, uh, it it seems a maybe modern-day... Uh, demolition Man when he was drafted in uh, uh, last year, and that is Alban Gourvey. I think is how he pronounces his last name. Uh, Albin is a very intriguing player because he seems to have a lot of offensive tools, but occasionally might get caught up in the physical side of the game, where he still needs maybe to put everything together. I don't know if that's a fair assessment or not, but
1: yeah, that's that's, that's really fair. I think you know he's a guy that started the season up in in you know, for the men's league. He's kind of split. I think he played about. 20 games uh, in the SHL and just over 20 games down in the the J20 league for Jure Garden so uh, he's another kid exactly he plays in more of a North American style in terms of he he brings energy he loves physicality he plays hard Um, you know when you go over there and you watch the European games you you notice him because he's the one guy out there that every shift isn't afraid to mix it up and get other, other, other teams skin so you know, we, we love that about him. We love his energy. and He's another guy, though, too. He just needs to get stronger, too. I think physically, um, he wasn't really ready for the men's league yet this year. Um, you know, I think skating is another thing that he needs to work on, and, and, and we've given him all the tools and and, 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 and laid out the process that uh, he needs to do in order to, to improve both those areas. So I think a big offseason is a need for him. He, he understands that, and he's saying all the right things now. He just needs to go out there and do it.
0: Uh, um, a young man who uh a video went viral a few weeks ago because he was a horrific injury that he suffered uh you know not the not the biggest guy uh, in the world but you know one of those guys that have a lot of desire and a lot of heart and that is Otto Kevamaki uh, yeah. I, I think his, his condition is he's improving and he was having a fairly good year um uh in in, in Finland Uh, In their Liga. Uh, But uh, where, you know, do you, can you update us, I guess, Sean, on his condition? You know, he suffered a a concussion, was, you know, he's not very big, was hit in the head. Uh, You know, uh, his mother was Instagramming things. And, uh, but overall, where he's at uh, at this point uh, with his injury and how his season was going up until that tragic moment.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, first of, First and foremost, he's doing much better. You know, he's, he, he's um, thankfully after, I mean, it was a major hit, obviously, and, and, and it was concern immediately with, you know, the next short period of time after it had happened of, of, of how he was and how he's going to be. But he responded to it very well. Um, I've talked, you know, our, 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 our Finnish coach is in contact with him regularly. Uh, I've talked to him, you know, I, I talked to him weekly, just kind of check in, see how he's doing. And he's doing good. He's at home, uh, feels normal, walking around kind of doing normal things. I think he's still limited on what he can do physically yet. Uh, still has to meet with some doctors every now and then just to, to, to get some things cleared away and to do a few more tests. But uh, f- from his standpoint, he's feeling great. So that, that, that's the good news for us. Uh, he seems to be bouncing back from, from, that, from that quite well, so... Uh, but for him, yeah, another fort- unfortunate thing too, because he was playing really well at that time, you know, I think he's, he, was—he's he, two seasons in a row now, he's been a little bit of a slow starter, kind really come out in the second half, and that was no different this year, um, you know, I think his, his game was really starting around in the form when he was starting to get more confidence, he's an offensive player, and confidence is a big thing with Otto, you know, with any offensive player, but especially with Otto, and, um, you know, he seemed to find that here lately. Was in lost in the last month, a month and a half, and it was reflective in his game. A
0: uh, a a young man who really has had a really good year. He was allowed to uh, come over from Sweden and play in the prospects tournament, and looked you know very good, especially for being a sixth round pick in the two thousand nineteen draft, 159th overall. And that is uh, uh, Elmer Soderbloom. or Soderblom. I'm not sure how he pronounces it, but but Elmer looks like he could be quite a find
1: yeah he's a huge kid he's 6'7 uh, 200 pounds I think he's another he's a late bloomer in terms of uh, in terms of skill and just kind of, uh, of production he had a fantastic year this year uh, finishing close to top to, uh, of the league in the J20 and scoring he played 10 games up in the SHL played 5 games in his El which is second league there um, I know for London in terms of their, their team is very happy with him I think they envision him playing in the men's league next year I think he's another one that's just trying to, I think he's just trying to figure out who he is and what he can be. Uh, he's got some good scoring, some, some natural scoring ability. Um, obviously for a big kid too, we just need to get him stronger, more mobile, get his feet a little bit quicker just to give him the uh, increase in mobility a little bit. It's the same with all these, these really, really bigger guys. It, it's are they going to be able to move well enough on the ice in order to keep up with the pace in the NHL and, and, the, and the quickness because he's obviously going to have the strength. He's a very, very strong guy Uh, He tested at the top of our class, uh, you know, in development camp last year. Um, So, you know, like I said, we like his scoring ability. We like his size. Uh, He's a guy that can play center and wing. There's a a lot of upside there, so it seems to be a good late-round pick.
0: Uh, let's uh, let's move to some of the defensemen in Europe and uh, uh, very quickly uh, uh, Gustav Berglin, who was a sixth round pick in the 2019 draft. Yet he again, like all these guys that were drafted in 2019, seem to have been intriguing enough. Where uh, they're they've enticed. I think I don't know if they've enticed the Red Wing organization, but looking at what they've done this year, are pretty enticing as being. Legitimate prospects. I, you know, I don't want you to, you know, Sean. I know that there's only so much that is as far as you'll go, but but Berglund seems again to be one of these guys who looks like, hey, maybe uh, maybe we have something here. Yeah, exactly. and a lot of these guys that we draft it takes
1: a few years to figure out. You know, for them for them and for us to see what their true potential is. You know, some people some people mature at different levels and different ages and at different times. And you know, I think Bergie is one of those guys. He's he, he can skate well. He's got good size. Uh, he defends well, he's got some good grit to him, uh, he's got a lot of tools uh, for what it's going to take to be to be a good defender in the National Hockey League, I think it's just for him, it's going to be, can he put it all together, uh, he needs to get stronger, uh, he needs to learn the game more, there's a lot of teaching, I think, and structure in his game that he needs to learn, um, but, but there's definitely tools there, and he's, he's, he's something we're excited about.
0: Um, Albert uh, uh, Johansson, uh, second round pick in the 2019 draft, uh, how's Albert doing?
1: Fantastic. Uh, this is another one. It's too bad the season fell short. I think he, he had five points in his last four games in the Elite League. Um, the last nine games, he was playing power play. He hadn't played it uh, at all really during that. Uh, up until that point, he was playing a little bit of PK. Obviously, as, because of that, his minutes had gone up, and with that, he had confidence and everything. Sort of seemed to come together, and 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 he was really playing some really good hockey. So. You know, he's a guy that, we drafted him, he was small, he was 5'10", about 160 pounds. He's put on two inches since then, he's six feet now uh put on five or six pounds. So I think this summer is going to be important for us to structure with his team there in Forrested to, to make sure he's doing everything that he can in order to get just stronger. It's not so much strength or uh, pounds and weight. It's going to be strength. You know, we need him to be, because he's a very mobile, puck-moving defenseman that has good offensive instincts, uh, and he's going to have to, you know, he's such a good natural skater that if we can get his legs to be even more strong and explosive, uh, that's only you're going to help with that.
0: Uh, I, I want to move on to uh, to Setkoff. I mean, he fourth rounder in 2017 draft, uh, large kid, 6'7", 205 pounds, uh, perhaps maybe the best hair in the entire organization. Helmet and a hair, everybody jokes around when, when you look at him. He's, he's striking on the ice because of his size. How is Malte doing?
1: I'm um, good. Actually, yeah, I started the league. I started the year up in, with uh, the main the men's league in the SHL in Malmo, and then uh, was lent out to the Alstenskan. Didn't get off the start that he wanted to, but um, you know they lent him out. And and, you know, to, to his credit he went down there and he worked actually really hard. You know, Andrea Silia, who used to be a player here in the Trade veterans Organization, was mm-hmm. assistant coach where he was at and, uh, and, and and really responded well to him. And and then towards the end he got called back up. You know, I think the last the, maybe the last I think since about mid February got called up and, and played well. His minutes were going up every single game. I think the first year he played under 10, but then the last 8 or 9, they were all 12 minutes and above, and I think almost 15 minutes in a couple of games. So uh, starting to gain more confidence in his game up there. Uh, the coaching staff always liked him there, and I think for him, he's just another guy that was a late bloomer in terms of physically. You know, he was always very tall, and if you don't have the strength in your legs and core to be able to... Control that the the, the the length of your body out there makes it tough on the ice, but he's starting to put the work in. Uh, it's another big summer for him, and it's a big year for him next year.
0: And looking at uh, our last defenseman from Europe, uh, perhaps uh, a guy who had a breakout season. You know, I, I, I'm prone to exaggeration, as most people know. Second rounder in the 2019 draft, 35th overall, but uh, Ante Tuamisto, uh, I, I think, is really kind of come into his own, am I correct in that assessment?
1: Well, I mean, he played J-20 in Finland this year, and the only reason he played there the whole year was because he's going to the University of Denver next year, and he needed to in order to keep his eligibility, Uh, he had a fantastic year, he he won the defenseman of the year and the MVP of the league, Um, can't really ask for him to do much more than that, you know, he's a guy that's really, I think he's another one that's just trying to figure out how good he can be, you know, he's a big kid. He moves well. He's got good sense. He passes the puck well. He's got, he, he can play both ends of the ice. Obviously, there's some structure and detail to his game that, that he's going to need to learn, but that will come with good coaching and experience. Um, but he's a kid that needs to physically put the time in. You know, we want to get him on the ice if we can make his skating a little bit better and improve it, because uh, there are there, there are good there's good tools there and there's good structure there. Uh, just I think I think leg strength is a big thing for him if he can put on some more leg strength. Uh, you're going to see his skating improve, and with that, uh, really, the uh, he, he's got a lot of a lot to like. There's a lot of ability there.
0: And going to Denver is a good move for him. I mean, you get on that small ice surface, and uh, obviously, Denver year in and year out is a is one of the top-notch uh, collegiate programs.
1: Exactly. yeah.
0: So uh, let's move to uh, a few guys that are, are in college or playing here in North America, and then Sean. I promise we're going to let you go. I know you've given us a lot of your time, but. Uh, uh, you know the, the, the prospects, our are, are, are fan base, certainly Red Wing fans are really curious about some of these guys. And uh, uh, let's move to uh, 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 Robert Master Simone uh, played at, uh, uh, is, at uh, B, uh, BU this year. Um, and obviously, uh, a, a great talker, uh, a real hockey player, he's been described by some people in the organization. How was Robert's freshman year?
1: I think he had a good year. You know, I think, like, with the one thing with Roberts, we dropped him, he's another one that was really light. You know, he's 5'10". I think Bray me, i 65 pounds, 70 pounds. Um, and he's another one that just... College is not an easy step for anyone, especially a uh, smaller, true freshman. Um, but to his credit, he went in. I think he got, you know, 17 points in 34 games. Um... The nice thing about him for him was that they had a lot of injuries here this year, so he got to play bigger roles, bigger minutes that he probably normally would have as a freshman, and I think he did well. You know, Robert knows that this summer is going to be a big summer for him in terms of training, uh, getting physically ready for next year, but he's got great great grit, I like his hockey sense, he's got some good offensive ability, he seems to be a guy that can obviously play both sides of the puck and, and, and bring good energy to a team as well, so... Um, there's lots of upside to him. Great attitude in this kid, and he's only going to get better.
0: His uh, his teammate at uh, Boston U uh, uh, also drafted last year in the fourth round in the 2019 draft, uh, Ethan Phillips.
1: Yeah, Ethan, another pretty similar to, to, to Mastro in terms of you know he's a guy that uh, just needs to put strength on. You know he's he's, he's got a slight frame, uh, good skill, good really good skater. Um, you know can play center can play wing he played. he play the majority of the year there in center especially when they had their injuries but um, you know unfortunately he got hurt there at the end of the year and was out but that doesn't really affect him now um, but for him he just needs a big summer he's, he's like i said he's the same as master in terms of he just needs to get strength on which will allow what his mind and his skill set want want to do on the ice you know i think he's one guy that struggled a little bit in traffic this year and under 50 50 battles not afraid to get there but but when he did get there, obviously in college you're playing against men, and it was difficult for him. So I envision him to put a good summer and having a an better year next year.
0: Based on names, uh, this kid could be a superstar, but uh, uh, it seems to uh, uh, finally be uh, you know coming into his own a little bit. I know I've used that expression a lot today, but uh, you know that is he plays in the USHL for Green Bay, and, and that is Ryan O'Reilly.
1: Yeah, you know I think he's 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 committed to the Arizona State University next year. Um, I think he's excited to, to, to leave Junior and go do that. You know, he's a guy that's a scorer. I mean, when Ryan's playing his, his game, he's putting the puck in the net and he's using his size to get on the forecheck and turn pucks over and, um, you know, be a, be a good physical presence, get to the hard areas, get to the front of the net. And uh, so, you know, we're excited to see. I think for him it's just another step in the – in his development next year, going to ASU, going to a good program down there, and you know, we're going to look forward to seeing what he can do in college.
0: You know, a, a guy who hurt himself at, at development camp, at each development camp that he has been at, uh, he has played uh, very, very uh, uh, well and seems to be making a remarkable uh, recovery. That is Jack Adams.
1: Yeah, I spent time with Jack a couple weekends ago. I flew into Boston to see Seth Barton play and and a couple other games and then uh i i, I got a hold of jack he, he was training that day so i went down there and watched him train he's ahead of schedule he's doing great uh, he's skating already you know one thing about jack he's, just, he's got an incredible attitude you know he, he's he's never he's, always, he's almost a guy that you gotta worry about doing too much you know like <laughs> over training so um to his credit he's gotta come you know he's, he's organized his own training there uh he's found skating coaches you know with our guidance um you know, he's, he's doing everything he possibly can to get himself back from this injury. And, and, you know, he wants to have a big year next year in college. And I'm, I'm, I'm hoping he does because he's putting in a, a tremendous amount of work uh, rehabbing this. And I know his summer is going to be no difference. And I think he's going to come back and be a beast next year. I'm looking forward to seeing him play.
0: And uh, you, you just mentioned him because you went to see him. He plays for UMass Lowell. Uh, somebody who I think is really based in reality, too. A very well-grounded player. Knows that he... Uh, you know, is a few years away, shall we say, uh, that is uh, defenseman Seth Barton.
1: Yeah, no, Seth, uh, I think Seth plays some real good hockey towards the end of the year, um, but he didn't look at the start of the year, I just think he really, really kind of got himself dialed in and was, you know, playing really, really good, solid hockey at the end of the year. He's a good defender, he's got good size, he can skate, Seth, um... You know, I think one thing is, is the offensive side of his game is starting to come a little bit more. He's getting more pucks through the net. He's jumping up in the play more, uh, becoming more of a well-rounded defenseman. But uh, he's relied upon in UMass for big minutes. He's only a sophomore year He's got two more years of eligibility yet. So, you know, I know he wants to have a big summer this year and, and hopefully have a, a big year next year and, and make us make a decision. Yeah.
0: Um. Uh, a guy that's at uh, Boston University, we've talked about him in the past. A very intriguing player, has good size. Uh, at this point, I guess you have to say he's pretty much a stay-at-home defenseman uh, at the NHL level, but that is Kasper Gonzalo.
1: Yeah, you know, casper that's what he is. He's a defending D. I think he's, you know, he's, he's a fantastic person to have in the locker room. I know the guys love him there. He does everything right. He's, he's a very hard worker. He's a good leader. Uh, he's a guy that you can, you know, you put on the ice to, to close games out, essentially who he is. He's a good PKer, uh, has good size, really good strength to him. You know, he's another guy there that has one more year left in college and uh, hopefully goes out and has a good year and, and we can sign him and turn him pro. Uh,
0: and... Uh... Uh, when you were on the last time we talked about him, you were hoping, uh, uh, he, I believe he had a, a shoulder injury too, that he would be uh, play enough in the, uh, in the CHL uh, and uh, in the Quebec League to make the World Junior Team for Team Canada, which he did, uh, and his comeback was traded uh, from, I believe, Nova Scotia to uh, Mount Colm. Uh, uh, that is Jared McIsaac.
1: Yeah, you know, Matt got traded to. It's too bad their season then because Moncton was was one of the better teams in all the CHL. I had a good chance of winning, the, of winning the whole uh, you know the whole tournament or essentially the whole national championship there, which is their their, their Memorial Cup. But um, you know, got to give Matt credit. You put you put a, a tremendous amount of work in in the first half of the season to come out and. And to get himself ready to make that World Junior team, he, fortunately he did. He made it. They went over there and they won. I think it was a great experience for him. Um, and, and granted, you know, he'll be the first one. Then I think, once he came back from the World Juniors, it took him a little bit of time to get up to speed, which is understandable. haven't been away from the game for that long, but the last 10 games or so, uh, he really started to play the type of hockey that he's capable of. And, you know, he's coming upon a huge minutes there on one of the best teams in Canada. Uh, all situations, plays against other teams' top lines, PKs, power plays. Uh, he's coming along nicely. He's a guy that uh, you know, will have Grand Rapids next year.
0: Right. I was just about to ask you that. I, I'm under the impression that he'll turn pro, obviously, and uh, that he, uh, at least early on, is ticketed for GR next season. Yes. okay uh all right i i I want to move in i'm always apprehensive to ask you about a few uh, of the goaltenders but a couple of guys have really stood out and are really on top of mind uh but let's begin with philip larson who seems to be having the the injury bug but when healthy has shown at least flashes of the goaltender that he has been at the collegiate ns also at the ushl level
1: Sorry, Mister. Uh, did you say Larson? Yeah. You kind of Larson. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, Philip. I think you know. I think one thing with Philip is, is he's faced adversity for the first time in his career this year. You know, I don't think it went. I don't think the year went the way he probably envisioned it going, which is fine. You know, I think it, it, that's usually what happens in pro careers for anyone that plays any sort of or makes any sort of career out of being a hockey player. there's going to be times where it doesn't go well. And you're going to have to face some adversity. And you're going to have to dig in uh, and, and, and really change how you do things and, and, and try to put more, more, more work ethic and find out what your deficiencies are and work on them, you know. And I think that's where Philip is right now. I think it's a good position for him to be in. I don't think adversity that he's going through right now is going to hurt him. I hope if anything, it helps him. And he, he's another one that needs to, you know, he needs a big summer. He needs his conditioning and his strength. And, his, you know, he needs to, to work on some of the deficiencies he, he has in his game because. There is a good goaltender inside of him, um, you know. And he just needs to go and work on work on areas that can can bring that out. Um,
0: a guy who had some adversity his first couple of years in college at Quinnipiac, but seemed to put it together his junior year uh, when he was drafted in the third round in the 2017 uh, draft, 88th overall. Uh, I, I know the buzz in at the draft was that this is uh, uh, could be a real real find. That's Keith Petrozelli
1: Yeah, Keyes, I mean, good for him. He had a really good bounce back here this year. Um, I think for him, when we draft him, you know, you had a really physically and mentally immature player. You know, I don't think he was—he had no idea what it took to be a pro. He had no idea about eating habits, workout habits, sleeping habits. Uh, there was a lot for him to work on, and and, and to his credit, he's, he's, he's starting to figure that out, and he's starting to put the time in, and he's starting to mature, and he's starting to do the necessary things it takes to become a a solid goaltender, and he's getting results because of it. So. Um, Kudos to him for for being able to do that. Obviously, this is just a start. There's a long ways for him to go, but uh, he's moving in the right direction.
0: He certainly is. And then uh, the last player I'm going to ask you about, and I promise, Sean, this will do it, uh, plays for Sherwood Park in the Alberta Junior Hockey League, but he was their goaltender of the year. The last player the Red Wings drafted last year in the 2019 draft, seventh round, 191st overall. Uh, I can remember talking to Brian Mahoney-Wilson, uh, uh about him uh saying that gosh you know for us to get him where we got him this this could be again another fine but that is Carter a uh, uh, guylander who has really is, is scheduled to go I believe to Colgate next year uh yep. really really uh he has put up some extraordinary numbers again I'm prone to exaggeration but I am not pretty su- I'm pretty sure I'm not exaggerating here with with Carter well, no. I mean, I think he's a well, He a goaltender of the year. I mean, his goals against was just
1: over two. His save percentage was like nine and a quarter. To, I mean, these are very, very good numbers. Um, yeah, so we're excited. We're excited for him. Um, you never know what you're going to get with late, late, late round picks like that. Um, but to have success that he has had early, even though it was just an Alberta Junior Hockey League, we're looking forward for him to go to Col- Colgate next year. Obviously, um, you know that's going to be a real good test for him. and and, uh, you know, we'll see where he's at. But we're we're going to work with him. And, uh, like I said, it's always good to have uh, good young goaltenders in the system.
0: You know, uh, Sean, uh, thank you for joining us. I, I really do appreciate it. It's, uh, you know, you always uh, give us a, a lot of time. And uh, and it's it's just a, a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, and, and, again, just to wrap it up, it does seem Steve is preaching, Steve Eiserman's preaching patience, yet – it does look as we said earlier. And just to wrap it up, uh, there there are prospects in the in the pipeline. Uh, the Red Wings will be turning this around. I'm not even going to say eventually. Sooner rather than later.
1: Yeah, I mean I hope so. I mean that's our job, right? Is um, obviously now with with the on the draft. You know. Um, you know, he's going to go out there with his staff and, and do the best possible job to get us good quality prospects. And then we take over, obviously, Nick Cromwell and Dan Cleary and myself, Brennan Uh We look forward to the new prosper, the new crop of guys coming in after the draft, whenever that maybe is. Um, but you're right, I think there's some, some some good young players coming up. Obviously, it does take time. Uh, very few players make that jump within their first or second year. Most of them take some time to, to develop their game, and you know, ours are going to be no different. But we do have some guys that are close and they are knocking and uh, showing, showing good signs, and we're just going to continue to put as much time as we possibly can into, into developing them and, and giving them every opportunity or giving everything that they need to, to reach their, their, their true potential and full potential.
0: Sean Harkoff, the Director of Player Development and the Assistant Director of Player Personnel for the Detroit Red Wings, as always, Sean, thank you for your time. Thank you for joining us on the Red and White Authority. It's always a pleasure when, you, uh, when you're when you on this program and give us insight into the Red Wings of the future. Thank you.
1: Yeah, no problem, Mark. Thanks for having me.